Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 193 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community, that's you guys, that surrounds it. I'm your host, Ben Moss-Woodward, otherwise known as Commander Edelweiss, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder this evening, we have the Director of Pest Control, Ashley Devine, Dr. Toxic. Too many jumps. Too many jumps. We also have the Chief Bar Steward, Grant Psychokai Wolcott. Good evening, all the way from Colonia. You're still out there, you've not crashed yet. No, I went back. I've been back home and then I went back. To be- oh, Bloody hell. Now. It's, it's a long okay. story. <laughs> uh, we also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. And possibly a a promotion to the Lavian Space Program Director, Commander Kogel. Hey, hi from just outside Lave Radio Station. Lave Radio Station? Where is that? It's right here. Where, where is here? Well, it's in Lave, obviously. And, oh, okay. And can you, can you send me a wing invite to Lave Radio Station? Because I've never, I have no idea where that is. I think he, uh, I think he might mean Lave Station. Ah, it's going to be one of those evenings, isn't it? You can just tell. Oh, Colin's not here, so we're not expecting any form of professionalism, are we? Yeah, and I, I've I've been left with the thing with the words yeah. and the talking uh, and stuff. <laughs> the unenviable job of trying to steer this car wreck into some kind of show. That's <laughs> if, I, if I can fly a beluga around, I can fly a cutter, I can surely fly a radio show. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, I have to admit, Grant, you've gone off and intrigued me a bit with your your tales of Colonia and back this week, so why don't you say what you've been up to, Grant? Well, it's quite straightforward, really. I flew to Colonia and um, I went out there, did some hut and work, and then I went out to Saji, and then I came back to the core and uh, to the yeah to the core to the bubble. Um, did some selling of exploration data, and then was challenged um, by a commander who offered up a donation at Lavecon to special effects if I could get my ship out to Sag A, no, Sag A to Beagle Point. Now, not being one to shy away from a challenge um, and also being completely and utterly stupid, uh, I decided to jump into my Type 9 with my cow skin and attempt to do it in that. And <laughs> about six or seven jumps in, I'm down to 80% hull. <laughs> this is sounding more like the usual story of Grant, where you go off and fly somewhere and you're, you know, you're basically yeah. dead before you leave the bubble. I'm just finding that the brown, the brown dwarfs in my Type 9 uh, have been proving very t- tricky to, to avoid and I've managed to hit freaking well, most of them. Um, and... Although I was well on my way to Beagle Point, I also then learned that I can't get to Beagle Point without some jumponium. And oh. I went to sort of drop out into normal space to do some, uh, you know, hull repairs. I've got some, I've got a repair Olympic controller. So that's mm-hmm. good. So, yeah, I switched to that and I fired and it. And we says, can synthesize our own limpets now, can't we? Yeah, well, we? only if you've got anything of synthesis, which I don't. And I didn't have. Have you, have you at least got a. 
Oh, a wee buggy or something? No, and I forgot to stock up on limpets when I left, so that was that. And so you're heading so, back to Colonia, right? So yeah. I diverted <laughs> on my course to Colonia to get repairs, get some limpets, and also tackle the jamponium issue, which I have been doing by doing a feature of Elite that I promised and vowed that I never would. Mining? Mining. Mining. So, so what is the jump range then of the of the cow? <laughs> right, through so, the jump range. What's wrong with mining? It's and it's a spaceship game. The minute you have to get out of it with a pickaxe, you fucked it. Right, that's as far as I was concerned. And we've broken the the swearing rule already. We're not even past the watershed. Sorry, yet. sorry, Yay. but yeah, basically, no, basically, um, I have since. Uh, actually, quite enjoyed mining. To be honest, it's been <laughs> so that's 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 really annoying. Take a shower, man. God's sake. Um, but yeah. the jump range, then, cow. My jump oh. range is maximum of twenty point five light years. Um, it took me over a thousand three hundred jumps to get to Colonia. Uh, do you want the good news or do you want the bad news or the worst news? Well, I I, I was already pretty acceptant of the fact that uh, yeah, I can't get to Beagle Point without some major jumponium. It's not just a jumponium because people think to get to Beagle Point, it's actually 65,000 light years, which it is if in a straight line. But if your jump range is under 42 light years, you need to take quite a big dogleg. And so your actual distance travelled will probably be nearer 100,000 light years. Okay. Doesn't so you can't head straight there because you won't be able to get across the abyss. Okay. So you'll kind of need to go uh, to the right of the Roncevo crossing because you need a 34 light year jump range to get across the Roncevo. So you'll need to go further right and then work your way across Right, okay, that's fair enough. Um I'll just I've got no problems doing that. It's just the fact that it does take thousands upon thousands upon thousands of jumps for me to just do it. Saying that, if you do it and don't blow up, you'll probably be elite in exploration when you come back. I don't need it I don't need to go that far to become elite. I'm sort of eighty percent there on the last rank. I am currently pioneer. 85%, so I don't even need to go that far. I could probably head back to the bubble and have that knocked in the head. Um, but that's not it. It's a challenge. Get out to Beagle Point in my Type 9, and it looks lovely. It's just going to take... I might get there in time for LaveCon. That's the plan. It's, it's, it's a shame there isn't like a, a dark or mega ship out there with a shipyard, because otherwise you could like jump out there and alas, and then I summon your ship. I, I might need your assistance to... to, to point out the <laughs> the side that I need to go to <laughs> to do your long range route planning or something well no just I don't mean that I mean as long as I can find out if uh, the, for, before this divide because you know me I'm going to end up going straight out at hitting it and going <laughs> nope right let's go along this way a little bit nope but pre-engineering someone managed to get a type 9 at Beagle Point as part of the um, Great Expedition they got a type 9 to Beagle Point Unengineered, so it's definitely possible. Yeah, I just got you, have you got Flossie and Toxic following you as a 
support crew, shall we say? <laughs> Not yet. But I think Flossie's on her way back in. Um, <laughs> I'll go out there with my I own entourage. Go to Colonia to fit the fuel transfer Olympic controller and other bits and pieces. But oh, uh, Commander Quo wants to see the cow skin. By the way. All oh, right. Yeah. Well, chat. We can certainly show you that off for them on the team. Uh, let's go for it this way. Boom! Boom! boom. There we go. Give you a little sort of spin up of this beautiful cow skin here. Um, so yes, I have been jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping, and that's been my existence for the last couple of days. Um, but I got out there in a week, so uh, I'm I'm impressed with how fast than Colin made it. Isn't he still around waypoint two or something? Was he not doing it in a sort of unaided uh, sidewinder? He might be doing it in a sidewinder, but still. Yeah. Does it have uh, a pink underbelly? You know, if you lower its flaps, are they sort of <laughs> pink? No. no. Okay. No, and, and, and I don't have the horn attachment set yet for the... Uh, uh, yeah, she no needs a body kit. I mean, yeah, yeah, she does need a body attachment set, actually, doesn't she? But if you if you if you if you, if you listen carefully, you might just be able to hear the fact that I've managed to get the little uh, cowbell attached to the undercarriage. <laughs> so that should How's keep the bathroom? me. That should keep me quite happy up until arriving at Beagle Point next December. Um, bathroom, my bathroom. Oh, this is brilliant! You're gonna love this, guys. Right, so. Uh, the, t the tanking and the water treatment is completely completed so we are now ready for tiling and we arranged a tiler to come out to we had a tiler but he's unfortunately not available so we found another tiler and we got him to come out and have a look at it um, and you know that way when you get these guys that come in and they want to sell you something and you, you, you hear the, the horror stories of they sit down and then they won't go away and they have 19 cups of coffee and, and threaten threaten you with, you know, oh, if you don't take this offer today, blah, blah, blah. That kind of pushy in-house salesperson. The ones you can never get rid of. Yeah. This guy was in the house for about 15 seconds and fucking bolted. <laughs> So, seconds. What did you do to him? We just showed him what the job involved. <laughs> he was like, nope. <laughs> now, basically what he said is the, the tile design that Susie wants, which is always typical. She, she wants something a bit more herringbone stuff. Um, nothing major, really, but he just he, he was looking for a job he could squeeze into the week that had freed up for him. And gotcha. he said, I would be pricing you off the market, and actually I wouldn't even want to do it, so... Better not save wasting our time. Uh, I appreciate someone who comes out and yeah, says, "Yeah, he's no being thanks. honest." But yeah, it just means we're now having to. <sighs> that could have been it done in two weeks. Mm. Finally, fucking finished. But but at least he's being honest about it. Uh, but you know, that's the kind of person that quotes you an awful lot of money, and you go, "Well, at least we'll get it done," and then doesn't turn up because they don't want mm. to do the job. So it's much better that they just say, "Yeah, he's not wasting your time." So that was the um, yeah that was the the woe of the bathroom this week. There's that that we're no for the Ford now. So we're now waiting to get back in touch with another plumber, and hopefully by next week, we will have that plumber arranged. Plumber Tyler. Tyler, sorry, yeah, you're right, Tyler. Tyler, got a plumber. <laughs> so will it be unveiled for LaveCon, Do you think? Well, I hope so because it's it's pretty critical for um, <laughs> Susie's care. Um, mm. Without it, it becomes a bit of a pain in the arse, to be honest. So hopefully. Um, yeah, 
fingers. Well, we've got what April, May, and a wee bit of June. April, May, June. So it's end of of June or middle. No, it's not, is it? Beginning of June. Well, the first two weeks in. Um, so Tyler the plumber, that's right. No, no, he's a plumber that is plum plum bum the Tyler. Uh, <laughs> it's just a bit frustrating because it is like you take three steps forward and then sixteen fucking massive leaps back. But the the major work is done now. The room is prepped. We just need to have some brave Tyler who's got the skills, and we have got one lined up. We just need to try and see if he can be free and when he can be free to tackle that job for us. I think while you're talking about your tiling, I'll I'll talk about my tiling over the weekend because, yeah, so past couple of weeks I've been off. Um, I was taking over Easter. I took my son to insomnia and a wee bit of a spoiler later on, but I've got a, got a nice interview with a guy who's writing what I think is quite an interest, interesting looking video game called Space Station Continuum, but we'll play that for you down in the community corner probably. But then after that, I was I was back home decorating my son's bedroom, and we were putting down our own wooden flooring and things like that. And then, so like we were putting down some plywood to try and give us a smooth base to do tiling off of, because it's t- typical Yorkshire council house, and there isn't a straight line in the bloody place. And we had nightmare getting the wood, nightmare getting the wood cut. Then when we did get the wood cut, the wood, the room's not the right size and shape. So even though we took all the dimensions and everything properly and rightly, it's still not bloody square. So we wound up having to, you know, still trim all of our all our wood down. Um, my son's wall. For every 20 centimetres we're going across, it was going three millimetres up the way, which made for, well, it would have made for wonky tiles, apart from the fact we realised all this and got in there ahead of time and fixed it. Exactly. Yeah, definitely measured twice, cut seven times. Um, But then what we weren't expecting were, despite the tiles being the same pattern, the same design, the same batch number, to still be two different chuffing colours. So we had, you know, tiles with light grey borders and tiles with dark grey borders. And we placed all the hardest ones first, because I like starting on hard things. You know, I'd, ra- I'd rather start on the difficult stuff and then get easier. Um, but we went off and we, we placed all them down. And then we realised that we've got two different chuffing sets of tiles. And I had to lift all the bloody tiles we'd spent the past three hours laying. Um... But we got we got all that done and that was fine. Hey, um, hey, what's this encroaching in my area? I know. Um, well, you've been giving us this for months. So I've like I need to get in get, get my you know get my things going for a change because I've I've been doing the DIY. Uh, but then once I'd done some of the hard stuff, my uh, my wife went off and decided right, Ben, you're looking after the kids. So I then had two two days basically of babysitting duty while she did the rest of the tiling and things. Well, day and a bit. Um, so I, I kind of had to trade in my man card there while looking after one-year-olds and five-year-olds and things like that. Um, but that was fine, and we got we, we got all the stuff done, and it's all it's all looking good now. But I did reclaim a wee bit of my man card back because I was putting on my son's telly, and the mounting bracket on the back of it, the the 
the Visa mount on my son's telly is broken. So I wound up having to take his telly apart, get the mole grips onto the Visa mount. Apparently Fartwarp is now joining is now following us. That's great. <laughs> Sorry, that just came off the screen. Um get the mole grips on the son's telly, take everything apart, attach the Visa mount, put it all back together again, and it worked. So that made me happy and I do do I get man card points for doing electronics and putting tellies back together again? Please? It's no? technically not electronics because it didn't require a soldering iron. Oh, well, yes, you huge, get man huge. points for fixing a phase amount. Yeah. And and uh, doing plugs and light switches and things like that as well. Yes. Yeah. Especially Excellent. if they were live. They uh, no, I'm not that stupid actually. Well, I I tell a lie. <laughs> oh God, sorry, you just reminded me. As I mentioned, we're, we're living in a Yorkshire council house, so you know I was very sensible and I I did actually turn off the. Upstairs, um, upstairs light switches and power sockets. But you were downstairs. No, I was upstairs. But then I found out that the second socket in my room was actually attached onto the downstairs bloody ring mount. So even though it's upstairs, the the second socket in my son's room is on the downstairs ring. Don't well, ask me how the hell that happens. Housing around here is much better than that. If the cooker's having a bad day, it's my bedroom that gets turned off. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm, so I have no idea how... Had to turn around and um, actually put bans on oven usage and various other dodgy electronics in the kitchen that mm. I need to turn around and fix at some point. Um, but I'm not um, pulling the oven out to work on that because that's stupidly high energy. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, ovens, ovens are scary high electricity. That um, and if, if you was to look at the kitchen, it's it's um, the oven has got a water pipe underneath it, which is the main water pipe into the house, which has got a broken stopcock on it. Am I right in thinking that electronics and water don't really mix? Yeah, this is what I went through my mind as well, and then someone decided to put an electric oven above a water pipe that's right next to a gas pipe. So we actually need four tradespeople in the house at the same time to work on this damn kitchen and nobody wants to touch it. <laughs> They're all scared. What are you doing with your banana, Grant? Uh, I was playing with my banana. Alright. No, I was, saying, I was just going to say, welcome to DIY Radio. Normally, <laughs> normally I have the, the Elite sounds playing through it, but it is kind of being a lead a bit tricky so um, we, you guys wouldn't hear it but at least it would let me know when I'd lost attention and crashed into a star before I blew up <laughs> that would never happen do you lose materials yes. when you blow up no, no. You, you, your materials go into a bag of holding alright well then I apologise to that um, pirate that I didn't let kill me no I think it's, 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 that's, that's quite alright does anybody else have any DIY stories over Easter before we move on to someone else who hasn't done DIY stuff. Toxic does a lot of DIY. Yeah, Toxic, what have you been doing yourself? Um, losing a lot of sleep and interviewing the um, Broadcast Cobra guys. And I believe we're going to be playing that at the end of the show, aren't we? Uh, yeah, it's ready to be played at the end of the show. If you want to play it at the end of the show, I don't care when you play oh. it. There's a man who takes pride in his work, isn't there? I don't even think it's that great a quality editing, so yeah, there's no, not much pride here. 
<laughs> Didn't you get your friend to do it? Yeah, but I, was, I still don't think it's as good as what I would like. For example, um, Grant's work. I think we should let the listeners decide, actually. I, I think yeah. that sounds fair. It's, a, it's well, about when the we content. Get to it, you... it is about the content, yeah. so don't worry about it. And it takes a while to get used to editing, because um, when you first try... Uh, editing you can get yourself stuck in this wonderful 20 minutes spent on a minute's audio uh, and you oh, get this yeah I, 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 I've realised this and I've also had this little problem of going finding loads of applications that do the same thing and none of them do the one thing I want them to do okay so, what were you trying? yeah um, I was looking for a decent application that can attach to the uh, Voice Meter Banana as a digital audio workstation because I was having trouble with OBS capturing different sources into different tracks. Right. And then after two days of editing, I realized actually the files were there. They were just in a different order to what I needed. <laughs> so I swore at myself and I swore at my machine and I turned everything off and I went out and I spent some money and got inebriated <laughs> and then sent it off to my mate and said can you help me please i believe so, in game you've been doing some stuff for live radio network as well i am still doing stuff for live radio network i'm um out doing passenger missions at the minute on the long haul doing best part of 20 30 maybe forty thousand light years has there been a development in the, uh, this weekend in the live for the live radio network? Is, is there a think, comment you know, in the chat I there that think, might suggest? Yeah. We we now own Castellan Station, I believe. Yeah, so live radio network has finally snuck into Castellan Station, the shittiest little place in live. But at least we have something. Yeah, There's so something that, I don't want, but we've got it. So commenting on one of our things in the chat yes I, I am aware I'm having issues with my microphone at the minute um, it's an issue that's been growing on me I have been trying to resurrect it and I'm still working on it oh dear um, for now I'm just going to have to end up muting it when I'm not running my mouth so sorry that's, that's probably always a good good idea anyway it usually is but I've got a noise gate that's supposed to be doing that and apparently yeah. there's more noise on the line than there should be so it could be Yay. noise, noise gators introducing noise or something. Or saying, hey, I can't hear anything. I'll turn the volume up. No, did, yeah, turn anything. I'll still turn the volume up. Did you up. maybe put on a noisy gate? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. A squeaky maybe. gate. Oh, that, that's me. I've got a squeaky gate. Oh, that's another job I've got to do, actually, at some point. I've got to go off and put it up the, the baby oh, gate. Oh, stop cause... trying to steal my spot. Get on with it. Get on with it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> right, go on, Toxic. Give us more stuff that you've been up to. Anything else? Um, I have been um, mentally drawing up some plans for the pond that I did start building in the garden after I did a fire a couple of years ago that killed the grass completely <laughs> in one area. Um, I don't think we want to know about that, do we? No, you don't want to know about how yeah. I caused the grass to die permanently. But I did end up having to dig like two, three feet down and laying a couple of tires into it and turning it into a pond and I've still got to finish that. So that's going to be a DIY project for the summer, hopefully. I think so at the moment I can just look outside and I don't need a pond. Your spot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shan, what DIY work have you been up to, buddy? Absolutely none at all. 
Yay! So, what have you been doing then? Uh, I was on uh, holiday last week, so um, mooched around the house, did a few computing jobs that needed doing. Um, then had a great day on Thursday uh, at Duxford, um, wandering around the airport. Oh, well, RAF Duxford. Yeah, which was fantastic day to, to go because um, there was a uh, U.S. Army Black Hawk doing manoeuvres and stuff there, as well as nice. as well as more Spitfires than you can count zooming around. And me looking on abs- um, longingly at going for a ride in one, but then I saw the price. <laughs> thought, well, maybe not. Oh. Um, Did you visit Frontier yeah. while you were there? Because obviously I know they're in that neck of the woods as well, aren't they? Um, no, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't go and visit Frontier. Just You wouldn't just go and get a crash? No, I would, but we were there for Duxford all day, actually. And, uh, yeah, it was a great time. Um, mm. It changed quite a lot since we last went there. Um, so, yeah, and also it was the best day weather for the last two weeks, which is even better. It's been absolutely shocking weather, actually, hasn't it? But the, the only downside, though, is last time I went a few years ago, there was like a little land train you could get a lift on, which could take you one end of the museum to the other, so you didn't have to walk the length of the runway. Okay. But for some reason, they've stopped it now, so you actually have to walk. I know when I was there for the Elite launch party, I think we had to walk all of it. Um, yeah, so you were, in, a few years were you in the main, were you in the nearest hangar, the RAF we, we, um So we went, the hangar that Concorde was in, and yeah. then you've got the American hangar all the way up at the far end. Where the oh the A ten and the um it was the A ten because I like the A yeah. ten that I that's the one I paid it. There's an SR seventy one. Yes, yeah, that's the, right. And the B fifty two. It was quite, actually quite sobering in a way because if you go right down the right down the end, there's a land and tank sort of museum as yeah, well. Yes, so I, I went there as well. Yeah, and uh, as you walk through, they've sort of simulated. Um, going down the, the the plank of a landing craft on D-Day. Mm-hmm. And there were all the sounds and stuff like that going around your ears. Okay, I think that's, I think that's new. I don't remember that. <clears throat> and you think, my goodness me, what would it have been like to be at the front of that landing craft waiting for that thing to drop down? Now yeah. you're facing thousands of German that's... with with machine guns and you're the first one off, you know, it would be like, what on earth would you do? You know, I, it was like, I, I can't even put myself there. I think I'd be uh, at the back saying, actually, I think there's a loose nut at the back here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, complete respect to those guys who did that, you know, and it was... Should we just call you Commander Rimmer now? I think Co- Commander likes being alive, I think. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, completely um, his, his IQ is far too high. Thank you. But yeah, it was it was really interesting and re- quite sobering in a way as well. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so thoroughly enjoyed my day. Um, so yeah, and that's what I've been on to. Uh, in game, um, I've well, we'll talk about it later. But I did unlock the Guardian uh, Friendship Drive boost, and uh, so but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> And finally, I believe, because I don't think I've missed anyone, Kurgle, you've been up to any DIY or what things you... No DIY here, thank God. Um, 
I've been pretty busy because it's getting to the business end of the degree module I'm on at the moment, so I've been doing a lot of study. Uh, at the weekend, I was lucky enough to be invited onto a friend's playtest for a new RPG. So I spent Sunday playing a dark future sort of um, space exploration RPG. That was a lot of fun. Looking forward to playing some more of that. Is that um, a pen and paper RPG or is it in-game? Ta- yeah, tabletop RPG. Yeah. And um, I've been spending the little time I've had in the game helping pump the live radio network. How about we have a quick advert break then, Grant? Okay, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> okay, okay. Attention, attention. Lave station in Fort Marshall. We interrupt your broadcast to bring you essential system information regarding the planet Lave. Form feedback from Karash. Hey guys, my sis wants you to do fake weather reports of what the forecast is like for Lave next week. Answer. Planet-wide weather data is difficult to collate. However, we have enclosed the forecast for Ashoria over the coming week. Tomorrow morning will be cloudy, with a chance of rain. Temperatures range from 12 to 17 degrees Celsius, or 285 to 290 Kelvin. Citizens are reminded to wear filter visors where possible to minimize exposure. The afternoon will turn colder but visor recommendations remain in place. Rain is expected this evening with elevated levels of hydrogen. Hey, buddy, why the long face? Exploring is boring! What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store! And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa! Sounds like you've got a case of space madness! What you really need is... Really Big Gas Tank! What? With Really Big Gas Tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort! No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel! It's as easy as honk and go. Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go. Wanna be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go. And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go. Gee, thanks, mister. No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Japanese 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, pipism, and spontaneous targo face. He's only a threat. Right, well, welcome back, everyone. And if you listened to 192, Will gave us some an exclusive that 305 was coming in. Now, has anyone gone off and seen those massive bug fixes and everything like that that Will promised us? Or does anyone actually care about them? It's just it's just ranking up missions and stuff like that, isn't it? I've got to admit, it wasn't really super affected by uh, 3.05 myself. Has anyone been affected by it? Or is it just like, yay, we've got bug fixes? And I know it was, it was fixing a few fairly critical errors, but it wasn't a lot of things, wasn't it? Until they fix the underpowered jump drive in the Type 9, I probably wouldn't notice. I, I, well, I wasn't affected by um, any of the bug fixes myself, um, but for the purposes of balancing and things like that, I, I'm glad they did it, particularly around the um, reputation gain of certain missions. 
mm. you know, because being able to jump, being able to go from uh, a, a nobody to king in the space of three hours is a little bit quick. A little bit, What's yeah. What's about the T9 Grant? I use that to do quite a few of the um, wing missions on my own for Lave Radio. Well, I'm not salty about it. I'm just saying that until they do an update that dramatically increases the range of the jump drive on this standard, uh, I'm not likely to notice any differences because <laughs> all I've been they doing is honk, jump, honk, cargo. Jump. They did, Grant. They did, Grant. They did. It's called a Type 10. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a type but you 10. can't get a cow skin for a type 10 yeah that's the only downside yeah, the type, hashtag the type 10, refund <laughs> the type 10 needs a bull skin really doesn't it <laughs> oh dearie me yeah I'll just I'll send a very dear friend here <laughs> no, was, we're going to get the, the bull skin for the type 10 next this Christmas <laughs> just don't just do it it's bad enough <laughs> I'm allowed yes, to live here only no. by the grace of God at the current minute. So that, that just might be my moving out present to myself. Um, especially on a, Better living there by the grace of God than living there by proxy. Especially in, in, in a week where a particular pre-order just landed me six months free to Vive. Mm. Wait, what? A six month free access to Viveport. How nice is that? What is Viveport? I don't know. It's HTC's version of Steam, basically. Okay. It's, it's a subscription. It's a bit like uh, the Origin uh, subscription model, where if you um, sign up to it, you get various okay, yeah. games, either a discount or free. So. Yeah. Okay. So it's you go off and pay a subscription fee, and you can go and pay. You can play any of their games or something like that for. Yeah, for for free essentially. Yeah, something along those. I've not checked into it to see what it's like yet, or to have a look at it properly. But um, I was trying to get my vibe to. What do you mean collection field? Stop killing my limpets! <laughs> you know how you're, you're all about improving your your FSD and things like that for your type type nine. Would these guardian things have done any good to to Grant Shan? Yes, but only for two jumps, and then he'd be calling the fuel rats. Okay, ex- explain. Okay, if, we, if we're moving on to it, then uh, that's fine. Hey, Basically, that was the... like very cunning segue, for God's sake. Can you bugger it up? No problem. Yes, the, the, the Guardian Friendship Drive Boost um, came in various sizes. I think the largest size it came was a slot fire, uh, which gave a uh, straightforward 10 light year boost to your jump range at the expense of fuel consumption um, such that the the fact that it could empty a tank of an anaconda into jumps um, this is if it worked so basically it, it, was, it was a collaboration I believe between the guardians and the fuel rats in order to get themselves more customers um, but actually the uh, module was bugged in that if you put it on board your ship you couldn't actually jump at all because it wanted more fuel per jump than the engine could cope with. So, for example, if your maximum fuel per jump was 8 tonnes, the fuel rat drive would need 10 tonnes, so it wouldn't, therefore, be able to jump. So uh, Frontier then um, removed it from the game, uh, gave people a refund on materials uh, who had already got them, had already unlocked it, 
and told them, oh, by the way, you can keep your unlock and the drives you've got anyway. So I was one of the people who'd unlocked it. Um, I think on the first day it came out, I'd unlocked it. And, um, yeah, so I got my materials back just by uh, docking at the system, uh, looking at the mission board and then accepting the, the rewards and the, and the mission. Plus, I've got a big stack of friendship drive boosters um, ready for when they fix it in 3.1. Um, but, yeah, the big downside is the fuel consumption. So it is a fuel route drive. So would it help Grant? Yes, it would, but it would probably empty his tank in two jumps. <laughs> right. I think next thing I'm actually going to jump on to is... So, Doc Ross, the lead render programmer, was talking about the Elite Dangerous Universe. Can I have to, I've not seen anything about this, because I, I only just got back to the day. It, so it this is, is news to me if anyone can talk to me on our website. It's really, really interesting. It is their lead render programmer talking about how they do their world generation and how it inherits its data from the solar system that the world is in, and how that solar system inherits its data from the galaxies like mean information about planets in that region. It's super, super interesting. If you've got any sort of interest in how they go about making all of those data structures work, and how the planets are actually built from the procedural routines, it gives you some insight into their process. So is it a bit like the the talk that he was giving in Discovery Scanner then? It is, but more technical. Sweet. So even even more technical than he got. Well, I I had to read it about four or five times before I got what he was saying. <laughs> okay. So this this is a good level of technical. Then we like this. Yeah, I, I'm really nice to see, and I didn't see any advertising for it. Just randomly came across it in a thread on Reddit. And, um, yeah, one of the best interviews with a member of Frontier Star 5 Red. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we'll definitely we'll link that in the show notes then. So, going back, you know, you were mentioning about all these issues with the FSD and things being balked and stuff like that. But, you know, I know that Frontier are now hiring a senior QA tester. So, do we think that this is something that Frontier are needing? Hey, I think it probably is. And I think that they've recognised the fact that the weak area they've got at the moment is QA, and they're doing their best to sort of sort that out by the looks of it. Yes, I mean, it, I think they, they are taking it seriously if they weren't taking, you know, not implying they weren't taking it seriously beforehand, of course. But the question I have is, if they're hiring a QA tester now, how many months is it going to take to get them up to speed to... yeah. And presumably, I don't know about Frontiers titles and things like that, but I know you're in my development team, we've got about, I think we've got one or two principal developers, five or six senior developers, and then two junior developers. Um, so you, the fact it's called senior doesn't really mean anything other than the fact you've got a couple of years' experience. Yeah, Possibly. I mean, why... Yes, I mean, what, what I'm not... The question I have in my mind, for example, is was the beta test long enough this time round to, mm -hmm. to, to give them time to change and fix the bugs that people brought up? I mean, obviously, no one knew about the frameshift drives and the whatnot, but other bugs came through 
that people had reported that just weren't fixed. I'm just wondering if the timescales they're giving themselves, they're almost like putting themselves under pressure and due to the pressure, thus falling through the gaps. It does feel... I, I would say that I've noticed in the past couple of years, maybe even, that you know, Frontier have been excellent at not releasing stuff at 11 o'clock at night on, a, on the day that they said... Uh, but they have, they've always hit their, we will be releasing this on, say, Tuesday the, the 10th of April. And it's usually out, you know, they start the process fairly early on in the morning on the 10th of April and so on. I think that shows but, a bit of the weakness in their Q&A, though, in the, the time between the end of the beta phase. and There's not enough time for the bottoms. There isn't enough time to react to any of the feedback that's gone in through that. Well, and that's something that I, I have to. I'm getting a little bit worried about that. You know, it's great that Frontier are hitting their deadlines, but I think I'd rather not hear anything about any. We will release it on the 10th of April, and say, okay, well, we you know we've got the bug testing coming out, and we've got a beta, and the beta test will be for as long as it takes, and we will not release anything until all these big bugs are fixed. Because yeah, end of the game, we, end of the day, we all know it's a game. And there's always going to I be mean, bugs, and nothing's ever going to be perfect. I think that's true. If you asked me if I would rather have had 3.0 when 3.05 landed, but with all the patches 3.05 had, yeah. or if I got 3 when it landed and then lived through all of the pain, I'd rather have just had 3 land now. So you'd, you'd rather 3 now and just gone with, okay, we'll just stay with where we are and keep 301, 302, 303 in beta Through the beta, exactly. I think that would be a much... Um... So, you know, just have, have a prolonged beta test and time for them to actually get around and fixing things. I, yeah, I, mean, I was just thinking it through because it appeared to me as... I know we introduced Sandra and stuff about the crime punishment mm. system, um, and also there was the whole kill warrant scanner gate thing yep yeah, yeah. um uh, my gut feel was that they were asking for our feedback when it was too late in the development <laughs> process to actually materially change the way it worked they were asked they, the feedback they took and it was you know it's, it's totally welcome to be asked for feedback and have it listened to which frontier do yeah but if you look at the changes they actually made it was about changing values than it was changing mechanics. Certainly um, not changing design at all. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that when they start talking about uh, carriers and all the stuff that's coming up in Q4, I'm kind of hoping they're asking for that early enough for us to be able to not influence, but contribute or think of ideas that they may think, oh, actually, this is a good idea, and still give them time to change it. Um, yeah. I, I suspect it's the kind of thing that actually they should probably be asking us about now. I mean, I do wonder if they'd be better moving to a model where they just have a test server running. What, 24-7? Yeah, and it doesn't have to have whatever the latest code they have in development, just the latest code they want testing. And that should constantly be up for people to like prod. Um, That's and always if, if we saw features come in piecemeal like that too, I think there'd be less uproar that the beta server has this horribly broken thing because people would see it get iterated over more. That's always a double-edged sword, though, to do that. Is because, well, first of all, you need the resources to keep an eye on it and record the results people are saying. But also, particularly with regarding the content, 
uh, is very much released in dribs and drabs, and there's a, there's a story progression that's ongoing. And if you if you put that in too early, you'd lose the surprise. I mean, for example, when the um, stations were attacked, that came out out of the blue pretty much. People were like, wow, what's going on? If that had been on a test server a couple of weeks before, then that wow factor would have gone. And then also, because it's a multiplayer game, you have to think, well, people will spot things. And they'll think, okay, well, I'll keep that in my back pocket until it's live, and then I can make a gazillion credits, or I can overpower my ship, or I, I know what's coming, so therefore I can prepare in advance for this, whatever it is that's coming. So it's a double-edged sword, I think, of having that's a test server. Was, that's why I was saying, like, it doesn't have to be their bleeding-edge code that they have in development. Just whatever feature they're looking at putting in next that they want testing. If it's an emission type, you know, all of that set-piece stuff and story stuff can still go through internal QA, but if they're going to decide to gut passenger missions in the next patch and completely replace the mechanic, that version of passenger missions should go up early and people should get feedback as it gets iterated on. Do you know what I mean, that's more what I mean than the whole game. All right. I see. One one thing I have seen in the forums, I thought I'd just mention it. I'm not sure I completely agree with it, but I thought I'd, I'd mention it just to stir the pot a little bit. Is do we think uh, Frontier's other games have detracted from the QA at all? I'm mean, talking about the Jurassic World, which is a big, big title for Frontier, and it has to hit the deadline date because of its tie-in with the film and everything else like that. So, do we think that's affected it, or do you think um, it's a bit of a red herring to think that? I think honestly, I think it's it's Hugo Grant. Yeah, I think it's one of the biggest marketing campaigns I have ever seen Frontier involved in, uh, with hitting front pages of magazines. It is unimaginable to think that the amount of requirements for that project would not have an impact on Frontier. Now, that's not to say that it would have a significant negative impact, but I think it would be crazy to imagine that there's not going to be a stretch on their staffing resources and they will obviously bring in people but the likes of you know your key members of staff ed and, and zach are all heavily involved elsewhere in different bits and pieces and and doing an amazing job i think it's only only natural that you would see especially as we get closer and closer to launch date for that project that we're going to have other things kind of just held off a little bit just so that the resources and the timings all slot in beautifully without being without causing any significant problems. It's something they've done with Planet Coaster, but I think the Jurassic Park evolution is a far bigger beastie than anything before. We know, for example, that Mike Brooks, who was obviously very heavily involved with Elite Dangerous from its very inception, has moved over to Dinosaur World as have probably a bunch of other of the old Elite Dangerous hands, I suspect. Um, no, I don't, I don't know who who's moved and who hasn't, but I wouldn't be massively surprised to see that some of the more experienced Frontier staffers are working in Jurassic Park Evolution and leaving Elite Dangerous in the hands of those who... Yeah, maybe a little bit, a little bit fresher, and have new ideas and things like that. I mean, for sure, Jurassic World. I, mean, I, I saw the first play, and I thought, "Wow, that looks really cool," and it looks mm. really good, to be honest. Um, but it is such a big title for Frontier because not only have they um, 
got Universal tied in with them, which is a huge company. There's a huge amount of reputation on the line for them as a game company resting on it. So it's completely understandable for them to put as many people on it and as many good, you know, super experienced people on it as they possibly can to make sure we don't get a um, uh, No Man's Sky <laughs> equivalent launch, you know. So do I think it's influenced? I think it probably has um but i'm not sure i could quantify that yeah i mean i suspect there are as many people if not more who are working on elite dangerous today than there were two years ago well oh for sure because i think frontier's 300 people now isn't it is what i read somewhere they've got 300 people working for them now wow what i'm not so sure about is you can two whatever two whatever designers replace mike brooks well it's um, not the designers it's not the designers it's it's the testing and the qa and if mm-hmm. i if, if you think about the life cycle of, of jurassic park it's out in eight weeks or so it's not so long so, in qa right now so i can completely understand them pulling off qa resources to get jurassic park out of the door in a in a in a really polished state and that's completely understandable i think it was my business that's what i'd be doing i'll say well okay we've got we've got three months before the next elite dangerous release comes out uh mm-hmm. and we need people now to finish qa up on this triple a game in which a lot of our reputation and um business relies so of course you'd pull them off no it definitely makes sense and yeah we've, we've got the qa but yeah, I, I do think it's probably going to be affecting designers, developers all over the place, to be honest. Yeah, just picking up on what Stephen Usher said in chat. Uh, yeah. He was at the dinner with the devs. Uh, he, Sandy said that modifying the code is very difficult now. It's somewhat of a beast. So I'm just wondering if the game is becoming a victim of its own complexity in some shape or form. And, and that's why we're seeing more of these little bugs creep in because i don't actually buy into the theory that people say oh they should have fixed it by now or whatever mm. whatever because you don't know because you don't know what knock-on effects a change will have and i suspect that's what happened with the friendship drive thing is in their testing it worked perfectly okay if a unit tested yeah. it you know it, it worked it allowed ships to jump however when you put it in the live game code something happened that made it so it didn't work well, I mean, I can I can relate that to you know what I was doing in my real job today that I was, yeah, you know, I had to go off and fix a bug for one of my colleagues who'd introduced a bug to do with localization of our of our application, and we were basically passing the localization string back to the back end instead of the actual the key for it. So our the back end was saying, well, what the hell are you doing here? And I've got an awesome fix; it works lovely in internal testing. But I don't know if there's any reasons why my colleague implemented it that way rather than another way. And I'm very reluctant to go off and just check this in and go and break something without speaking to him because he's he's not around at the moment. Yeah, and of course, what what it does bring out on the forums and Reddit is everyone suddenly becomes an expert in uh, game development and how Elite Dangerous is coded. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, everything has got so many unintended consequences that unless you're intimate with the code, you just don't know anything about. So I can, I can definitely 
emphasize with what Sandy's saying there. Right, should we move on from this, or does anybody have anything else they want to say about QA and things like that? I'm guessing not. Right, can somebody say what the hell's this all about D-Day is coming, then? Yes, this was a, a message that was picked up at uh, an outpost in the Pollux system. And uh, what it was, um, is the message when it was decoded was a couple of lines of a French poem. I forget the title was in English. But anyway, it turns out that the, uh, the first, back, back in 1944, the first line of the poem was sent out to the French resistance to indicate it was two weeks before the invasion. And then subsequently, the second line of the poem was broadcast to indicate there was two days before the invasion. This is the D-Day landings. And so people took on this. And because it was a listening post, they thought, oh, we, we are listening for Thargoid attacks. Therefore, Thargoid attacks are going to happen in two days' time. And this was last Thursday, I think it was. So it got an awful lot of people wearing an awful lot of tinfoil hats, uh, very excited. And then, of course, Saturday came and went, and people were going, well, where's D-Day? Why, ha why haven't the Thargoids invaded? And uh, it, it turns out what it actually was was a um, frontier memorial um, to, a, unfortunate, uh, to a, a player who had passed last year. Um, so it, it, I think the command is Tony Pox, I think the, the, the poor chap's name was. So it was a memorial to Tony Pox. And um, the community are latched on it as thinking it was something, but actually it's one of these great things that Frontier do in putting memorials in-game to uh, deceased players. Super cool. Yeah, and, I mean, I know Frontier also do a lot of things in, in memorandum. So, right, we've got newsletters coming up next. So we, we've obviously we've had a couple of weeks off, so we've got... Newsletter 220, which had the um, oh the community goal for the that Will was talking about, where we had the decal for. Yep. Um, and but was there anything else in that that people people gave a monkeys about? Well, there was the Type 10 chip kit kit. Which is a ship. Oh, okay, you're, jump, ship you're jumping yeah. into 221. Let's cover both of them, sod it. Was there anything in the past couple of weeks of newsletters that we've cared about? I don't remember past last week. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 um, I was on holiday last week, so I didn't, you know. Colin's Miniatures was in 221, I Colin's Miniatures was in 221, but yeah. So that's awesome that Colin managed to get into the, into the newsletter. And I believe Cobra Broadcast was also Cobra in Broadcast the... Is in there as well, yeah. Yeah, Broadcast Cobra, sorry, not Cobra Broadcast. Do you know where they broadcast from? Uh, I heard it was Doncom, but I don't know if that's just a vile rumour. Yeah, that, that is, that's not a rumour. From the back port. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So is, is Smokey involved with them in any way at all? Skip right, you mean? Uh, Sky Skippy, sorry, Skippy. No. Um, yeah, Skip Press in the Discord, but I don't think he was involved yeah. in the producing of the podcast. Because obviously, Sk Skippy is. I think Skip Pratt told them that it exists. Right. I'm pretty sure that's where that comes from, because oh, I did notice Skip Pratt was in there pretty soon after they'd chosen where they're broadcasting from. Uh, just responding to Paul Archer in in Twitch, so. 
if you've listened to any of the broadcast Cobra stuff, then in the second half of their first episode, they they do mention that a lot of them basically came from Radio Sidewinder for reasons. But we'll we'll let them explain that, and if you want to listen to it for yourself, feel free on Toxic. What's their URL? Uh, broadcastcobra.com uh, Alright, well, is there anything else in the newsletter, then, that we want to highlight? Are we on to 221 now? I, are we just covering both of them, I think, at the same time? Yeah, there was a Type 10 chip kit kit, as I said. Yes. Uh, it, it's, I kind of looked at it, I thought... Does it give you the no. option to get rid of your spoiler? No, it doesn't give you the option to get rid of the spoiler. <laughs> it just adds more spoilers. <laughs> so you Type 10 into a Type 9. <laughs> type that would be quite funny actually a ship kit they turned your type 10 into a type 9 with extra engines basically I think if I was into my type 10 I would consider it um, there's also the uh, vulture raider pack as well the, the rusty yeah. vulture yeah so um, any, anything else there was, that's human? well there was some news as well wasn't there there was a uh, there's Ashley Duval criticised Aegis um, and the genesis of the Thargoids, which I thought should be Daleks, but anyway. Um, which I thought was quite interesting kind of background story to it. Um, oh, one of the things actually that did come out from the uh, one of the previous newsletter was that Aegis are building and sending these mega ships into battle against the Thargoids. Did you pick up on that? Oh, as I said, I've been off on holiday, so I didn't... Right, well, apparently Aegis have, have got these these mega ships which they're going to send into battle against the Thargoids. Um and it, it kind of like seems to me, you know how you have it in sci fi series where they have a super weapon and everyone's going, Yeah, yeah, yeah and but you know it's gonna get to be toast as soon as it jumps out. The enemy's just gonna go black gone. Uh and that's what I think will happen to these these ships. I think they'll just jump into Thargoid space, yeah. get blatted, and everyone goes, Oh no, Thargoids are really bad Help us, commanders! You are our only hope. Kind of thing. Again, in your resources. Hmm. Exactly, that. Nice, like Wing Commander Three with the um, <laughs> with, with the big cannon thing. Right. Well, I think if there's anything, unless there's anything more in the newsletters, Grant, what do you say about another advert break? Which I have warned you about this time. That wasn't really a half warning. That was. Uh... Uh, hey, see, I mentioned it in our super secret chat. All right, I've not got that open. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, what time is it now? Right, I mentioned it six minutes ago. All right, well, yeah, I, I really should have had something ready for that, shouldn't I? <laughs> all right, I've given you loads of time to say we'll do we'll do some more adverts, didn't I? Okay. All right. All right, we're ready. <laughs> so, sh- should we have some more adverts then, and we'll dive into the. Into the community Someone's enjoying this, the mining a little bit too much. This will sound awesome in the edit. It will do. Well, I don't know, actually. <laughs> it depends who's going to edit. It'll just, it just won't be edited. We know that. Attention. <laughs> Attention. Second technician, Chris Forrester, to the emergency air locks on deck six. I repeat. Second technician, Forrester, to the emergency air locks on deck six. Ah, Technician Forrester, just the man, just the man. Now, we need you to get in the airlock. The what now? 
The airlock, Forrester. The airlock. The Remlock vendor is malfunctioning. I'm sure a quick clout with your trusty wrench will do the trick. <laughs> no time to dawdle. Come on. Employ the month award in for you here. Just step this way and... Brilliant. Warning, depressurization Depressurization Warning, depressurization Attention. Attention. Clear docking bay and launch rubbish pickup tug. I repeat, clear docking bay and launch rubbish pickup. This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Alright, and welcome back. So, we've got a wee bit of things in the community call. So, you know, first of all, I guess we could we can say that Frontier have gone off and moved offices. And they're now moving into this great big building that the SDC built. Um, which, well, I've seen it when it was being built last summer, and it looks like it should be fairly nice and shiny. Um, I'm sure Frontier will be very happy with it, but does anyone else have anything else they want to say about that? Wait, did they buy new offices? Yeah. Fr- so, fr- front- Frontier were basically, they were in three offices in Cambridge Science Park um, and they've gone off and basically collated everything into the one office again. Does it look like a giant Coriolis station? Because if not, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't Does the know car park like... rotate? Does the car park like, rotate? <laughs> <laughs> so what, so you can only drive out backwards? No, no, so you have to synchronise turning your car in with the movement of the car park, so... <laughs> oh, I thought you were meaning, like, the docking pads. So, you know, how you, when the docking pads go down and then rotate, I thought you were on about like that. Well, I, I had heard that David Braveman had brought a car crusher, and if you don't request parking permission, it just comes <laughs> in and crushes the car. Can <laughs> they implement the... that in stations on hog landing pads? Oh, I'd love that. And um, they have a station is uh, loitering as a crime. Punishment <laughs> 45. <laughs> Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I'm going to be sad about, I, unless they've they've retained this, is David's office in the old building was basically the outline of a sidewinder. And What's yeah, you think about it, it Maybe was al- it was almost the office of a sidewinder. You know, he had he had the two tri the 
two corner cutoffs into a long thing where the window was, and then the walls then diagonally slide inwards, and then there's a larger flat area where the back wall was and the... Oh, I think there was a whiteboard on that wall as well. I didn't pick up on that when I was there. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if you picked up on that, you'd have noticed his office looked awfully like a sidewinder. Possibly by accident, possibly by design, I don't know. But I thought it was also when I noticed that. Yeah, they also put a couple of tweets out, didn't they? Photographs, one of which was bows surrounded by boxes. Yeah. Um, uh, which I thought was particularly mean of uh, both Ed, Zach and Will. Uh, because, they, <laughs> because they were probably down the pub. And they've left a uh, bow to uh, pull the furniture together. Uh, no doubt, it's not going to be, they're going to be missing screws and instructions as well. Um, but that is why there is no lunchtime stream uh, for a while. So if people are looking to uh, tune in to the, the live streams this week and probably next week as well, um, then that's why there's the moving offices. It may actually be longer than that, thinking about it. But um, yeah, so... If, that was that was why that's gone. But yeah, I, I hope it goes well for them. Um, to be fair, the only reason they'll be missing screws and instructions is because they'll be in Ed's pocket while he's pissing himself laughing. Well, you, you, you think more, Ed would deliberately hide them? That's more Zach's kind of game, I have to, I think. Yeah, Zach's more the practical joker. No, they've probably got professionals in to do the... Probably. <laughs> Certainly if it's my company, I, I, the company I work for, they wouldn't... Like, they, you're, you're barely allowed to lift a chair up or move a desktop because of health and safety and stuff. You're like, oh, no, Shane, you can't move that desktop over there. You have to wait for IT to come over because you're not allowed to lift stuff. Yeah, at least with my company, it's like, yeah, I forgot to say, I move. Yeah, I've, I've been putting computers together for the past 20 years. I can reassemble my desktop. Ah, well, you see, you're not, you, you, you're, you're not qualified. You have insurance. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, you're probably right about the insurance side of it. We'll probably not be, be covered if we want to play up. that game. I'm not qualified to breathe. Am I not allowed to breathe anymore? Should I stop breathing? Yeah, okay. hold your breath. Basically, yeah. Well, then that's it's going to be <coughs> on their hands. Let them play that game. Yeah, well, that that's the way the health and safety is. Which is why it's kind of ironic that I'm the health and safety person because I think it's a lot of bullshit. <laughs> Well, that explains that. a lot about the uh, the lave system, though. <laughs> it really does, doesn't yeah. it? That is why you're the best person for health and safety because you just don't care. <laughs> the only reason we're still alive is because the rest of us have really got. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe in Darwinian health and safety. If it needs a sign, it's not for idiots. Yes. Right. I'm going to leave the interview that we did with Space Station Continuum to the end of the of the community corner so we'll jump down to not an adc posting the total bill for buying everything what's what's all this about yes well this this player sorry if it's someone else put in but uh yeah it appears as though uh, a player called non uh, adc had spent a considerable amount of time in uh, one of the shipbuilding websites and just added up the cost of putting the best of everything into all the ships and then said your total for if you were buying the most expensive everything for all the ships it would cost you i think it's just over 11.6 billion credits i think to buy everything um well, it's actually less money than i thought 
Well, it is because you wouldn't build the ship. You, you wouldn't build a ship buying the best and most expensive everything because the ship actually wouldn't be very good with it. For some of them, well, I know some things I deliberately, for example. So yeah, but it, it was the best of everything. It'd be hard as nails, but it would be slow, and it would be jump range as well. Would be as heavy as anything, wouldn't it? I mean, well, not necessarily because if you were if you were to put a um, a big fuel scoop in the biggest slot, which is always more expensive than a shield generator, <laughs> you wouldn't you you know, you'd have a really expensive ship with NAF shields. See, now this is where the word best becomes questionable because the best True. for what exactly and, and that's and that's the point of the, the it, thing that if, is, is if a, best for carrying cargo then it's going to be absolutely nothing combat if it's the best for combat then it's going to have absolutely zero cargo space in this particular example i think it's best for deflating your wallet so best meaning most expensive which is yes. actually why he's actually not saying best anywhere he does say most expensive outfits Fair enough. I didn't actually go and read the article myself. I looked at the numbers, which were impressive, but I didn't pay much attention. I'm actually really pleased you did this because I often wondered how much it would cost me to buy everything, buy every ship in the game, even though I wouldn't actually ever fly them. Yeah. Oh, and and now you know. But then again, some of us just you know go off and fill, um, our imperial cutters with goods and outfitting, just as storage space. I'm not saying anything. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we? What's all this about the brain trees on six planets? Then the brain trees are yeah. just these resource spewing. They literally look like brains growing out of the ground on stalky tree limbs. And um, there's just a whole bunch of planets have been mapped with them on. And if you go raid them. And blast them you in get, your mess. You get lots they of stuff. Rain, yeah, they rain high quality mats all over you. Okay, that, that's probably quite a good idea. And then, of course, you can go downgrade them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, again, just something I came across that was interesting. Uh, and there's only like six planets or something that have been for, or certainly when I looked at their article, there was only six that they'd uh, put in their mapping. It makes you wonder if that's we've found all of them, or if there's a whole gamut of things like this out there that are just... I suspect it's probably a whole load. Yeah, I think you're right. It's going to get enough back soon. <laughs> yeah, no one say nothing. Which doesn't, <laughs> actually, which doesn't help anyone. Yeah. Right, and Obsidian Ant is weighing in on crime and punishment. Does anybody want to cover that? <sighs> yes, this is... I mean, Obsidian Ant does a... Sorry, but someone else wants to have a go. <laughs> Just no, just, I'm just thinking time. no one else is saying anything, so take it away, Shan. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely very rarely uh, does an opinion piece. Uh, so when he does, it's always kind of interesting to listen to. And um, I think the point he was making was the current crime and punishment system is actually really convoluted. And it seems as though that you can uh, incur a ship... Um, endangering bounty for very little uh, effort at all. So even a couple of hundred credit bounty will be enough to have you shoot on site. Uh, and, and the mechanics for cleansing it and the whole system is just very complicated um, for new players. 
So I think I think what he's suggesting is uh, he would like to see more warning given, like you have you have hit you have hit this ship. Um, if you do it again, you'll get a bounty, or basically give a player more warning that they're going to incur one of these bounties than rather than just slapping it on on them. I, mean, I do actually agree with them that, particularly in the small bounties, I think it's particularly irritating, um, and that the other, other irritating thing is that you're in an area with ships with hundreds of thousands of credit bounties, you know, mass murdering NPCs with two, three, four hundred thousand credit bounties. Yet, if you get a two hundred credit bounty, every single ship suddenly homes in on you, as if you're public enemy number one. So I'm hoping Frontier take another look at the way crime and punishment works and greatly simplify it um, because I, I think it's frustrating quite a lot of players. As I said in last, well, not last week's show, show a couple of weeks ago, anything that needs a bloody flowchart to try to explain what's going off is probably a little bit too complicated. Yeah, I must admit, I've been bitten by the new crime and punishment system a few times, mostly because I'm not trying to break the law, and so when I accidentally break the law, I have no idea how to get rid of whatever I've done. Well, I had a good one the other week, actually. Um, in that, I was, I, was doing, I, was doing the, I was doing the bounty CG a couple of weeks ago, and um, I had my ship fighter out with a NPC pilot in it, so I'm blaming them. But basically what happened was um a ship flew across the flight path of my fighter um and the ship was then blown up by another NPC and I then got a murder bounty. Even though I hadn't actually targeted the ship, I hadn't fired on it. It was just it had got in the way of my NPC pilot's blazers. And as a result I then had to take a break from the um, community goal for a good three hours, I think it was, because there was, it was the day of the 10.5, sorry, 3.5 release. So basically, it wrecked my whole day's playtime through completely no fault of my own, because I had to wait for the notoriety to go down. That sounds right. like a bug as well, especially if it was your NPC that did the, did the deeds. It was, but, it, but even if it wasn't, you know, the it seems to be a complete waste of time for a very, you know, for something that wasn't even down to me because I was religiously waiting to make sure that it showed up as wanted on my scanner before I yeah. opened fire, even though you don't strictly need to anymore. I was still waiting in, for that. In the theory, yes. I didn't want that to happen. And it was like, oh, for goodness sake, you now, you know. I've now got to go and wait four hours, and I can't even AFK in a station. I have to go and do something else. Did you hear, actually, that somebody's... They were suggesting you know, basically going and twiddling flight assist off and then just flying off into the void whilst rotating or something? You know, just do that for a couple of hours, apparently. Well, that doesn't work okay. if you're... It, well, the thing is, though, I, I, I looked at doing that, and what happened, certainly at my combat level, is occasionally I'd get ships coming in wanting to claim my bounty. So I couldn't so Even if you're out in the back? Even if you're out in the black, sorry, you'll still get that. Well, I... I didn't want to travel the thousand god light years in my call. No, there but I'm meaning um, you, know, you drop out in the middle of in the middle of nowhere yeah. in the system. People are still come getting getting you. 
Yeah, because I thought, okay, I'll, I'll I'll jump to us. I'll I'll jump out and I'll look for some um, mm-hmm. some high. Oh, what's it called? Oh, I've got the name. Oh, the, 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 no, the high the the, the high uh, signal sources, high grade signal sources. That's yes. the one. Yes, yes, yes. And they're usually thousands of light seconds away from the sun. So you think, mm-hmm. okay, that'd be a good way to go and do it. But no, they still found me, and so I had to sit at my desk. Look, watching uh, out for ships that's coming in, and I thought, what a complete yeah. faff for having to. What a complete this. waste of time. Aye. Um, but see, also Sandy has subsequently said though that though he's looking at a way of being able to turn yourself in, so you can like say, okay, guys, fair cop, here's the cash, let me go on my way. But again, that just has another level of rule set and complexity to it. When you know, it could be because they say, Well, actually, when can I turn myself in? When can't I turn myself in? It the whole thing is just so convoluted now, and I think it all stems from having this hot ships idea. Mm-hmm. Well, you turn yourself in at a detention center, don't you? Well, you can turn yourself in anywhere, but then you get shipped off to the detention center. I think. Uh, yes, uh, whoever your notoriety does only go down, I think, if you're in the hot ship. Yeah. I think you can't, but no, it's, I agree with it. It's I'm I'm definitely a believer in simpler rules make for actually actually can make for better gameplay. Yes, although I did notice on one of the uh, there was someone commented on the forum this week. Um and they said that maybe Frontier angling for a new profession in game called lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that just someone who's on the on the forums? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah. Actually, sorry, I'm just seeing Commander Myert in the outside of Life Station. He's in a beautiful-looking Corvette at the moment. I don't know what skin that is, but it's a very shiny, shiny skin. Yeah, nice lime green ship. Yeah. Is that one of the new packs that are out? It might well be, week? I think. It's a very nice one. All right. Grant, have you been reading any of my messages that I've been sending you? No. <laughs> He loves that mining way too much. He, he does like that mining. Well, Shan, do you want to talk about crime and punishment for a couple of minutes while Grant keeps reading? <laughs> well, lovely. Am I even, uh, even in the right program? I sent you a bloody messaging game thinking I've about. Got it. Okay. Oh, I didn't even see I that. See it. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am queued up for whatever you want, and have been for for for, for ages. Fair, I didn't even see the message, and I've been watching the stream. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I'd That's a very, very shiny. I hypnotised myself during that last mining rig and almost disappeared in that moan backside. <laughs> oh, uh, right, well, I think if I remember, if I remember correctly, that's everything in the community corner. So, should we should we slip into the interview that I did with the guys from Space Station Continuum, then Grant, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure, no problem at all. That's, uh, if you are listening, um, it is a six minute, six and a half minutes. About that, yeah. No problem. Right, let's fire that up now. Here we go. Hey there, this is Ben Moss Woodward, otherwise known as Commander Aero Vice. I'm at I-62 on Easter weekend of 2018, and I'm now joined with... John Davidge of Enbody Solutions. So when I was passing through the other day, I saw you're doing a nice-looking space-type game, which I think our listeners could be interested in. Do you want to tell us a wee bit about it? 
Sure. So the game is called Space Station Continuum. It's a building and management sim in the vein of games like Prison Architect and Factorio. And it's set against the real history of the NASA space program. So you begin in the 1970s with a single module which has somewhat of a resemblance to the Skylab space station. And by doing research and taking contracts to earn money, you expand your space station over the decades until eventually you become completely self-sufficient from Earth and you can kickstart the colonization of Mars. What kind of things can you actually do in the game? You build a module and things like that, but what other things can you do alongside that? Right, so every module that is added to your space station has to be launched from the ground. So to do that, you need to pay for those launches. And you earn the money to pay for those launches by taking various private and government contracts. Now, those contracts can be for things as simple as conducting experiments that will be sent up to you on rockets, or it might be that a particular government will give you a grant to run your station, provided that you maintain a certain number of astronauts from their nation on board the station. But it's mostly research and development and managing your crew, keeping them happy and healthy, making sure that they're actually able to do the work you need to earn the research to continue progressing. Being slightly controversial, but any kind of military contracts as well, or espionage-type things and so on? Possibly, but no specific announcements at this time. No ETA, no guarantees. Exactly. What kind of things then can you do to keep your astronauts happy? So uh, keeping them happy is quite straightforward. Uh, They're all very well-trained, in the beginning, military personnel working for NASA. So all they need is a place to sleep, something to eat, not too hot, not too cold, and they'll generally be happy. But there are various things you can do to speed up their work, make the conditions a little better for them. So when you're designing your modules, you have to take the happiness of your astronauts in mind. So for example, astronauts don't particularly like sleeping next to smelly waste disposal units. So if you've got the sleeping compartments in the same room as the waste disposal or noisy scientific equipment, they're not going to sleep as well as they might if you had a module that was just dedicated to sleep compartments. One thing that I always quite like in the likes of Prison Architect or RimWorld is when something's going wrong. Any ideas for that kind of thing coming up? Yes, absolutely. So space is an unpredictable and unforgiving environment, and there are lots of things you'll have to deal with along the way. So one example would be meteor storms that might come along and do things like destroy your solar panels or puncture holes in the hull. And you're going to have to deal with those things quite quickly, whether that's repairing the modules in place or launching replacements or cutting off entire parts of your station to stop the atmosphere leaking. You're going to have to deal with those things pretty quick or they can go wrong pretty rapidly. We can go off and do full-on gravity kind of effect. Yes. Hopefully hopefully not if things are going well. But yeah, that's potentially possible. Um, so you, you mentioned you've got repairing and things like that. Is that ready in game at the moment or did I just miss it when I played it the other day? Uh, so destruction is in, repairing is not. Right. So uh, you probably would have played around yesterday with the EVA system. I think my son was playing with the EVA and managed to... Oh, it looked like he was kind of landing on a planet. Well, (laughs) (laughs) trying to, anyway. Yeah, so uh, a lot of the repairs you'll need to be doing are outside the station as well as inside. And to do that, you need the appropriate research and training for your astronauts to be able to go outside in a spacesuit with a maneuvering pack, which you need to maneuver yourself manually 
and get over to the module that needs repairs and conduct the repairs and then get back inside before you run out of oxygen and manoeuvring fuel. Talking about manoeuvring, I mean, you know, obviously you and I know that the ISS moves around a fair amount. You know, can your stations here move around? Do they have reason to? Uh, no. So generally they stick on one path orbiting around the Earth. Uh, you can see the Earth spinning below you with the track of your orbit. Right now it's just a single track. Uh, goes over North America, Europe, Australia, and back round again. But in the future, you might see the orbits change a little bit to match more accurately with what you might expect to see if you were actually orbiting on board the International Space Station. One of the things that I love from, again, both RimWorld and Prison Architects is the modding community. Any plans for that in the future? Yes, absolutely. So at the end of the day, I'm only one man. I can only create so much content. And just this weekend, I've had so many great ideas from so many people. And I'd love to be able to implement all of them, but I can't do that realistically. So yes, after launch, absolutely, I'm intending to be fully open to the modding community. And I can't wait to see what crazy things people come up with. Any ideas whereabouts you'll be able to get it then yet? Yeah, if you head to spacestationcontinuum.com or you search Space Station Continuum on Steam, you can find our Steam page, you can add us to your wish list and keep abreast of all the development updates. Follow us on Twitter and you'll be the first to know when it's ready to launch. Any idea of ETAs and things like that for launch? Yes, so I'm expecting an early access launch towards the end of this year with the first two decades worth of content. So 1970s, 1980s levels of technology. And then you can expect updates every few months after that, each adding a decade or so at a time. Would this be available as paid for DLC or something like that? Or depending on the size of the content, obviously. Uh, so all updates will be free. Uh, so once you bought the game, you own it. Everything I add to it is going to be included in the price. You might regret saying that in 10 years' time. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a space station continuum too, who knows? <laughs> Any final words that you want to say then? I would just encourage everyone to check out the website, spacestationcontinuum.com, follow the discussions on Steam, join us on Reddit. I'd love to hear everyone's ideas, what you'd like to see in the game. Yeah, well, thank you very much then. Thank you. Well, that was, that was, that was really interesting, Ben. Yeah. So that was that. I mean, I basically, much to my son's annoyance, I kind of lost a wee bit of time playing that with my son going yeah can we move on now can we move on now and it's just like when i'm playing you know prison architect or rim world and it's just like oh but i've just got to do one more thing <sighs> and can, can i can i what happens if you know can i can i, can I make my my um my Rim, astronauts go Rim to the world toilet can make an afternoon a weekend disappear never mind an afternoon well i but you know it's like fascinating trying to trying to make your astronaut balance out their potty time with their sleep cycle and then waking up in the middle of their sleep cycle because they're desperate to the toilet because the plunker didn't go off for a wee before <laughs> and so on if they uh, eat the wrong food does the amount of time they spend on the blue increase <laughs> i don't know if that's covered or not <laughs> I mean, this th there were so many ideas i would love to go and do for mods can you repair when, the hull with nothing more than duct tape? That well, that's. I, I think you. Could, I think duct tape could repair anything, really, can't it? Uh, it's, it is obviously in early access and things like. Well, not even early access. Well, There's I was thinking when you said about bowel movements, I was thinking you could maybe you could have a like mottled and daub hull. 
Yes. Uh, You're trying to work out what model and door what is that, aren't you? It's shit and sticks. Isn't it? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Not sure how airtight that is. <laughs> Dep- depends how many ingredients <laughs> you've got, doesn't it? Depends how many pizza you had earlier. <laughs> Uh, I mean, <coughs> it's the kind of thing. It's just one guy and his his wife sort of does is very is very supporting. Um, but yeah, it's just one one bloke, very indie, obviously. But there's so much potential in there that you know, it's just like yeah, I'd really like the I I like the idea of this and I like this style of game, and it could be a lot of fun. So I was like, I'm gonna have to go off, go off and speak to you. And, you know, maybe we'll get him on the show later on in the day when he's more ready for a public beta or something like that. We'll, you know, we'll see what, what people think about that. He's going to be at, oh, EGX Res when that comes out, I believe. That's only in a couple of weeks' time, isn't it, EGX Res? Okay, no one knows that. I'm sure it's only in a couple of weeks. And I think he's going to be at some other con. He's not sure if he's going to be able to make it to the main EGX but yeah, we'll just see see how things go, because um, I don't have a lot of luck backing games, so maybe that this will be one that makes it out. I don't know. Right? Is there anything else that people are wanting to cover in the show? Are we going um, to move on to shout outs now? I think we we almost are. Yes. Right. On the assumption that no one else is wanting to say anything, let's move on to shout outs. Over to you. I've talked to enough already to this today. <laughs> Kurgle, why don't you tell us some shout-outs? That's the buck. It was like one of those news reports, <laughs> well, isn't it? You go, you go, and got... over to Jeff for the news. And Jeff says, actually, it's over to Fiona for the weather. Yeah, well, come well, on, I'm, wait- I'm waiting on you. Fireside Live Station at the moment. Commander Krubet, Commander Dr. Sinister, Commander Miggles, Commander Mert, Commander Stephen Usher. Right, and am I right in thinking something might be going off this weekend? Yeah, are you going? I I may or may not be. Okay, uh, you may or may not be in a room with someone else who might not be going either. Um, we are, of course, talking about ECM, the Elite Community Meet kicks off this weekend uh, in, in near Reading. Mostly called Reading because it's near enough Reading to make it called Reading, uh, but it's actually somewhere... Near Some of us not reading. Yeah, I don't understand that either. It drives me more, more bonkers because every week, every time I'm asked about it, I say elite community meet at reading because that's what it freaking says, and everyone always corrects me. Actually, technically, I don't. T- what it says reading on the bit of paper that I've got. So, um, but you can get details for that at elitemeet.info or elitecommunitymeet.info dot um, com. Sorry, elitecommunitymeet.com, elitemeet.info, and the website's got the information. If you're coming along. Bear in mind, when you purchased your tickets, you would have been sent immediately an e-ticket. And if you are sitting there going, well, I've not received a ticket at all, I thought it would come out in the post, then it may well be worthwhile either checking your junk folders, because that's where an awful lot of them disappeared to, or get in touch and request a new one. Do not panic. If you don't have it by Saturday, your details will be logged at the desk. It's just it might take a wee bit longer to find you and look you up. So... Just if you want another reprint of it, if you want another resend of it, get in touch by sending an email to. Uh, I will, in fact, 
what is it? Info at Elite. Oh, crikey. Info at Elite Community Meet. Is it? No, just two seconds. I will get the email address for you for that one because um, you can either send us a message through Facebook or uh, via the Elite Events at Community Meet, wherever it's called. Bloody hell. Why do I not know what it is? So, what, what do you think, um, Count? Are there tickets available or are all tickets sold? At this current point, we are at full capacity. Well, gate crashes only from this point out. Yeah, I mean, do get in touch and let people know if you. If you obviously, there's a hotel, and the hotel um, spaces I think are quite limited as well. Um, but yeah, a full full capacity. I think we're 160, um, two, 162 people, um, and that's right to heaving. We reckon we tried to leave space for uh, making sure it was comfortable for gaming and, and playing and having the equipment and tables in um, so that you don't feel that you are crushed. But yeah, we are we are full to brimming and it's going to be awesome fun. We'll have VR, we will have uh, board games, uh, EDRPG, we'll have a couple of evening entertainment, but nothing major because it's not about entertainment um, at all. It's just about meeting up and having some fun. We'll have the retro section with Mind White which, and Stephen Usher, which is shaping up to look spectacular. Can't wait to see that. So many things you can get involved in. We're going to have a multiplayer game station as well. Um, yeah, just unfortunately, if you, you know, if you haven't got a ticket, it's probably worth getting in touch uh, with the... Well, with the event, give me one second while I get the email address for it because it's important <laughs> that I get the right one so that you can get in touch and get the right people. Do, 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 do. That is not me. And you can tell it's me that checks the um, emails, can't you? Essentially, the info at elitemeet.info address I get hold of and everyone else has access to it, but we use a different one. So, yeah, are any of you other guys coming? Sadly, I'm busy doing homework this weekend. Homework? I would much rather be doing that. Oh, that's right, yeah, for your, your, your degree. Right. The easiest way for me to do is to log in and get the email address properly. So yeah. I'm doing that right now. I'm acting as a little chef for some people coming down from the north. Because I live a couple of miles away from the A1. So I shall be acting as a little chef for people breaking the journey up. All right. Right. The official... Lovely. The email address to send if you have any questions or queries, if you've not received your tickets yet and you want to get a hold of it, elitemeetevent at gmail.com. Everyone's got access to that, so we can help you out pretty sharpish there. Catch us on Facebook, but elitemeetevent at gmail.com will get your message to us if you're looking for it. And if you are interested in coming along and we we'll, can check and see if we have room, then it's the same email address for that as well. So we'll just go through that again. Elite community meet. Farts. Elite meet event at gmail.com. Oh, seriously, I got the memory of a goldfish. So I think we've lost Ben temporarily. 
Oh, probably permanently knowing I him. I think I think I'm back. Yes, you are. Huzzah! Huzzah! Yes, I, I a quick reboot later. Elite me event at gmail dot com. I'm just trying to yes. trying to commit it to memory now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was that for, Grant? That was for if you have any questions regarding Elite Meet this weekend and if you haven't received your electronic ticket, which you should have done at the time of purchase, it frequently went to your PayPal payment email address or trash folders. Not your spam folder. But yeah, no, it ended up in a lot of spam folders and a couple of um, ISPs just outright went, no. So we've hopefully resolved that issue, but if you go to... uh, (laughs) Elite me event at gmail.com. I think I've closed that machine down and got back to this one. <laughs> oh dear. So, yeah, you, you go somewhere and send someone or something, and it might be all right. If, no, well, you, if you haven't received your e ticket, it's nothing to be concerned about. Um, you're, you, all the information. I heard we're charging double on the day, is that correct? <laughs> no, no, I think we're actually, as I say, <laughs> if you want to come along, you really are going to have to get in touch with us and check that we can fit you in. It's, it's heaving to capacity. We are right on the limit. So, you know, it might be a case of we have to kick Ben out and let you in. <laughs> But the, uh, essentially get in touch with us and we will double check and see if we can squeeze you in. Um, turning up, well, normally we'd say at this point that there's tickets available at the door, but we can't at the current minute because we are fit to capacity. So um, check in with us first. And if you haven't received your ticket, don't panic. We will have your details at the door. If you want to bring your e, you know, a, a print out of your um, PayPal receipt, that's fine. But equally, just get in touch and we can resend you your barcode and your e-ticket and that will make it a little bit quicker for you when you come to check in Right, well, along with ECM we've also got LaveCon 2018 Now, I believe there is a wee update in that the second batch of gold tickets went live and probably have promptly sold out again, haven't they? Uh, I believe that that is extremely likely, yes Yes, but I think, you know, we heard they went live, but believe it or not, we got told about the same time everybody else did. In fact, we actually got told later, didn't we? Yeah, it was, oh, and by the way, don't <laughs> don't worry about the volunteer tickets, they should be taken care of. Uh, we forgot to mention it to you guys. We All forgot right. to mention, you tell, yeah. Isn't this part of the new LaveCon event, is Build Your Own LaveCon, where <laughs> the, uh, the members of the Lave Radio crew haven't been able to get in? And so, therefore, the attendees will need, then need to create their own content. Well, to be honest, that, 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 yeah. from an orange sidewinder in the car park. That might make it a, a more appealing event to some people if we can't get there. Oh, hey, we could, could. Do you think we could steal Frontier's Cobra and then paint it orange? <laughs> oh, God, oh. <laughs> and just sand off the no, edges of it. <laughs> we've done that. <laughs> yeah, but it's about the same size as a side Sarpa, right? The Cobra is way bigger than a Sidewinder. No, the Frontier's Cobra, which is about one-third size. Well, that's true. We could we could do that. But yeah, it's LaveCon is still on for the 8th to the 10th of June. The second batch of tickets have gone and probably gone and gone. Um, I believe there may be something going on about the camping. But we've not really been told a heck of a lot, I have to admit. 
Um, and anyone who actually got the email probably heard a lot more about it than we did. Well, I think there's gold camping information to come yet still. Okay, so there's still there's gold. Oh no, uh, Commander Wotherspoon is saying now. Yeah, and they've got they've still got gold weekend tickets for two double room, gold weekend tickets for two twin room, and no singles reception, and the day tickets. Um, yeah, Charles uh, Silver Day, Charles Silver Saturday, Sunday, and weekend bronze Saturday, bronze Sunday are all available. And camping is not available yet. So thank you very much, Commander Wotherspoon. And talking about Commander Wotherspoon, do we have a Garnet News Digest this week? We do indeed. Huzzah! Right. Well, I think we'll we'll mention Colin's bit of CQC action on the side. So if you're a discerning commander who likes your pew pew, you can go to discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC. And I want to thank... Well, Kogel's already thanked everybody who's in game. I'm... Currently, and a game thing is I had to reboot my PC, but is there anyone else you're wanting to give a, sh a shout out to over there, Kogel? I think that's all the ones I can see in the buffer of my chat log. Well, in that case, then, thank you very much to all the guys in Twitch. You can, we are on Discord, and you, Toxic, you've gone off and. Okay, no, you're just doing a shout out to Discord chat. Okay. Hi, everybody in the Discord chat, apparently. I don't know. IRC, and I got bored of it saying something that none of us ever use anymore. So I Oh, that's why it's there. If you don't want me updating the template on it anymore, just start complaining. Uh, I just ignored that bit anyway, to be honest. So, anyway. So, yeah, would I would rather it be correct than ignored. So, <laughs> uh, if you've got a problem, you can complain at my OCD, like I said. Yes. So, right, we're going to wrap up the show now, then, I believe. We are got Commander Wotherspoon's Garnet News Digest, and then immediately following that, Toxic, do you want to tell us what you, your Broadcast Cobra thing, before we go and actually wrap it up? Yeah, it's just a um, amateurish kind of interview with Broadcast Cobra that I did while you guys were off gallivanting doing your Easter weekend thing. Way to sell yourself short. I'm sure it would be awesome. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> well, I, I was looking forward to hearing it, but now I'm not so sure. I might just go to bed instead. <laughs> That's what I was planning to do. <laughs> well, you've heard it at least. Probably several times I too many. I produced a damn thing. Exactly. I'm hearing it. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> Pardon, Grant? Sorry, I said, do the outro. Do the thing. Actually, I was just thinking as a last thought. Um, have we had an entire Lay Ready episode without Cow going boom? Um, I don't think it's likely. No. I don't want Cow to go boom. I don't think we have, but I don't want Cow to go boom. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to very quickly say, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you want to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. We're on Facebook on facebook.com slash laveradio. We are at laveradio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat by going to http colon slash slash, why the hell am I saying that? Discord.io slash laveradio. We're on TeamSpeak, where you can hang out and chat on teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 20.30 british time whatever time that happens to be and streamed out live on laveradio.com slash live thank you very much to cow to shan to kurgle and to toxic thank you very much to everyone who's been joining us outside of live station until next time fly safe and if you can't do that fly dangerous grants don't die
Digest, 5th of April 3304. This is Amy, the voice of Garnet News. We have taken Commander Wotherspoon prisoner, and now it is we who will present the news, without all the lies. In this week's news, Sagittarius I misleads commanders, over Pollux Memorial. Guardian Boost for Improvement Program, announced. Where do the evil space bugs come from? Sagittarius I misleads commanders, over Pollux Memorial. Unauthorized news magazine Sagittarius I confused many commanders this week by publishing false information about a listening post. The magazine, which uses unofficial and often incorrect sources of information, claimed that a message being broadcast by listening post D-568 in the Pollux system was a warning that a Thargoid invasion would take place within 48 hours. This false information led to confusion amongst commanders, who were needlessly distracted from their routine anti-Thargoid activities. Official spokesperson for the Pilots' Federation Paige Harvey was forced by the magazine's evil meddling to explain the Beacon was relaying a poem by the French author Paul Verlaine as a memorial for Commander Tony Pox, who sadly passed away last year. Commanders are reminded to listen only to official Garnet News information to avoid unnecessary confusion. Guardian Boost for Improvement Program announced. Following the enthusiastic reception for the Guardian Frame Shift Drive Booster, the Pilots' Federation has arranged for Ramtart to temporarily withdraw the module to make it even better. The booster offers up to 10 light years of additional range, but at the cost of using much more fuel. The Pilots' Federation believes that good though the module might be, it can be made even better by reducing its fuel consumption. 
This change will be made at no additional cost to commanders, and commanders who have already bought the module will be handsomely compensated for the short delay until it is once again available. Some malcontent commanders have complained that the new module occupies an internal component slot, and have appealed for the module to be converted to fit in a utility slot. The Pilots' Federation welcomes all suggestions, and has taken a note of the names of commanders that have complained. It is always a shame when a commander's ship explodes unexpectedly. Isn't it? Where do the evil space bugs come from? Professor Cora Shaw of the Palin Institute has published a fascinating research paper about the Thargoids and where they came from. Dr. Shaw notes that the Thargoids are insectoid, so calling them evil space bugs is an accurate description of the nasty creepy crawlies. The bug-eyed monsters seem to like ammonia worlds, which suggests they are even more cold-blooded than most insects. Dr. Shaw speculates that they may have genetically engineered themselves to have no fear and to be even more aggressive and anti-human than they were originally. The location of the Thargoid home world remains unknown. Dr. Shaw speculates that it may be a nearby star system, but does not rule out that they may come from further away, from which space, or even from another universe. The Pilots' Federation has this week moved its operational headquarters to a more secure, bunker, near Cambridge Spaceport, and reminds commanders that wherever the Thargoids come from, they are invading human-inhabited space, and must be stopped at all costs. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the official version of the news so you don't get confused and misled by unauthorized news sources. So, I've flown all the way out 